one. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Gaming and Wrestling Experience. I am your host, Mario. I have two special guests with me. I have my cousin Lalo. Up. And and I have my friend Andreas. Hi, how's it going? See his little wave. Um, I just want to say welcome, guys, back to the show. This is episode number 21. Um, This is uh, amazing. we got some hot topics. We're going to talk about uh, the Undertaker streak. Uh, we're going to have our opinions about it. Our, we pretty much have uh, we have pretty much, man, opinion, oh <laughs> pretty much opinions about that, um, which my cousin Lalo pretty much have good opinions. I'm kind of curious to what uh, Lalo has to say with his opinions. Um, we're going to talk about Sting signing with uh, AEW, him showing up, signing a multi-year contract with AEW, not, qual- uh, not pretty much knowing what that is or that's in detailing. Um, and wrestling companies are pretty much coming together. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get to episode 21, guys. Let's get into it. Let's do it. What's up, my podcast listeners? Before we get to episode number 21, let's take a break from our sponsor. Let's go. First topic. All right. All right, everybody. First topic. Um, wow. Uh, it's been in a. Uh, it's been a. Uh, been a. It's been a crazy week. Um, how would you guys is uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was good, man. Usually got to spend time with the family, as always, and uh, more friends to add on to it. You know. It was, right. It was good. Good, good. turnout. Lalo? Yeah, we, we just stayed after home after and... after a crazy year. I hope everyone stayed too out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, we just stayed home and uh, my mother-in-law cooked uh, everything from scratch. Like literally, what like she started the day before and started making like the the rolls and the pie and everything like that. And then like <laughs> nice. the whole like yeah. So uh, we had a, a nice up. from scratch meal. Yeah, we had uh, green bean casserole, and mashed potatoes, and stuffing and turkey and she made a pecan pie from scratch and all the rolls and her own uh, cinnamon butter from scratch. Ooh, so that sounds wow. pretty yeah, good. It was, yeah, man, she got down. It was good. <laughs> so, and like that's a in- big ass bowl of gravy to put everything. <laughs> put <on top laughs> yeah. Everything. It was good. That's it was a good time. That's intense. Yeah, man. She was uh, tired for like two days after. I can't even blame her though. Oh, I, yeah. oh, I, you know what? I, you know what? I gave her props for doing that. Uh, um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I can't believe it's already. It's already almost Christmas. It's already. It's coming and going. Uh, Around the corner. Yeah, man. Uh, a whole year, man. Like, hopefully, here future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna. Um, I was gonna ask you, uh, cousin Lalo. Um, is there a lockdown in California right now? Yeah. Yeah. They lock- They started it last night at midnight. So like everything was like closed basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, shit got real bad real quick, and uh, like uh, bars are closed, salons are closed, restaurants are closed except for like takeout. Um, you can there can only be so many people in a store at a time. So everything's uh pretty quiet. Well, relatively quiet. People still don't give a shit, but I mean, you know, everything's yeah. locked down. You know, we've been we've been living the isolation life since March, literally since March 13th, which is a Friday. Um, that was the day that we, everything shut down, like our school shut down, 
our work shut down, everything closed. So, so pretty yeah. much like nine months. Oh, like nine yeah. months, pretty much. Yeah, we haven't done shit in nine months, man. Like, except get food and go to the store. That's it. Like, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't done anything. And we've had birthdays on quarantine. We've had graduations in quarantine. And like, my birthday's coming up, so we'll be here in isolation because everything will be closed still. But right. you know, we haven't gotten sick. But when knock on wood, you know, people around us have gotten sick, and we haven't gotten it though. So. You know, prayers, prayers. You know, prayers, like, you know our uh, our uncle and aunt actually got uh, COVID. Um, Mine and Mario's uncle and aunt, Auntie Mickey, Uncle Mickey and Auntie Josie, are in the hospital right now with COVID. Oh, I know. Um, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're in it right now. And my uh, my brother in law, his grandpa died from it. And then my my, my sister, her uh, her mother in law's best friend has it. And, you know, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's all fucked up all the way around, man. So I'd rather just uh, be safe though. Then sorry. Yeah, no, no. Praise to everyone. Good with well to you and Mario's family. You know what I mean? First I appreciate it. Everyone listening. That's it's crazy. Crazy times, man. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, my daughter, she's uh I have two. One of them's in college right now and the other one's in high school. So they my oldest daughter didn't get a real graduation. They did a drive through. She missed her prom. She is doing college online, and then my youngest one. Yeah. She got uh, her half of her freshman year got cut out because of it. So now she's right. online. And then I'm a teacher. So, like, I'm doing everything from home. That's why I have a map okay. behind me. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it, uh, it is what it is. I'm lucky, though. I'm lucky to have a job. I'm lucky to have be safe. And yeah, no, of course. Of course. <laughs> I got a pile of toilet paper next to me and a shit ton of top ramen. So, <laughs> I'm fucking good, man. You're, you're ready for the last hell yeah dude i'm good i'm ready for it like put me in my arm for a month i'll be fine i got i got a cup of noodles and right. toilet paper <laughs> right that's that's crazy man um yeah yeah no uh no because i um what because what cause my mom told me about um you know about uh, mike and josie and um mm-hmm. and i was like oh sh-, you know excuse my language but i was like i was like oh shit and uh mm-hmm. and so i guess you know they send them home or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good, you know. They went home, and um, and I guess they kept um, Auntie Josie for a little while because of her heart rate was go- was was too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything um, so far? Because I haven't heard it. Uh, I mean, I, I, like last time I heard something, James was telling me that um, that um, you know that I mean, you know, they were at home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just I'm actually texting my mom right now just to see if she has any updates but the last i heard they were getting their antibiotics and all that shit so hopefully they'll uh, they'll be okay and hopefully yeah, it sucks, yeah it does yeah i mean yeah. Um, i mean i hope they get these uh you just you know these freaking vaccines you know fucking going um are you guys going to take it i'm not going to take it right away just cuz i'm not taking it there if they uh if they forced it through that quick i don't know that they got it right you know like i'll wait and see how many people like grow three arms and <laughs> right. you know, six eyes and whatnot? Be smarter well, or the like, or opposite. Yeah. I'll take it after, like after I see that it's safe, but you know, not right away. I want to wait and see, make sure everybody's good with it first. Yeah, right. yeah. This, uh, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this pandemic, man. Uh, it's, it's, it. You know, I was hoping it was getting better, but shit's is breaking out even, even worse. I know it's pretty much uh, a side, uh, a side topic right now. This is pretty much a hot topic as well. Uh, mm-hmm. As COVID's getting, instead of better, it's getting worse. Going There's back, always time for this, for this kind of talk, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, 
times are crazy right now, bro. Yeah, uh, I don't see 2021 getting any better. Uh, no, sounds, it will. Sounds getting worse. It will. It will. No, I know it will, but just not right now. <laughs> not right yeah. now. Not right yeah. now. Sooner, hopefully. Yeah. January will be the same as December, and then <laughs> it'll start getting better, though. I hope so. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I just hope that there, you know, there are families doing okay with that. Um, just sucks, man. I mean, just. Uh, I just hope they can fight it and they can, uh, they can get through it. Yeah. But um. But. All right. But uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Okay, well, well, I'm kind of, you know, I'm really interested in my cousin Lalo. Uh, I want to get your, sir, you're the special guest on the show. Um, I want to, since you had a lot to say on the last, on the last podcast we did, and you, you said you had a lot to say about the street or, um, or any topic you want to go ahead and hit. Um, please let everybody know your uh, your opinions. Um, I'm kind of I'm I'm really, I'm really interested. I'm really interested what you have to say. I'm pretty much on the boat with you anyway. Um, we're, mm. like, like me, you're pretty much on the same page. Um, but man, uh, go ahead and give me your thoughts about the Undertaker streak. Um, um, should he lost it to Brock Lesnar, or should he kept it? Um, go ahead, cousin. Go ahead. You have you have the floor. <laughs> um, honestly. I don't think that he should have lost it to Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't think that it should have. I don't think that it should have ended ever. Um, Taker's one of those dudes that like he's solid. Like he may not have always been the best wrestler when he got older. He may not have always been as fast or as strong as he was. But he was one of those guys you could always count on. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone right. has that dude at work. You know what I mean? Or that girl at work that's just like, if I go to them, shit's gonna get done. I don't have to worry about it. I'm Always in contention. Exactly. You know what I mean? Always that one person that is just solid. And that was him. And I get that he was always down to do business right. You know, that's one of those things in the business that you learn when you're in it is that you always do what's right for the business. Because if you take right. care of the business, right. the business will take care of you. Right. So right. he knew that ultimately whoever, you know, whoever uh, took the streak away from him was going to get that big bump and you know get that big push i don't think it should have gone to a part-timer like lesnar because he didn't need it you know right. when when right. it came down to it he was a big enough draw on his own that he didn't need that push you know who somebody else should have gotten it you don't want to give it to a guy like cena because he doesn't need it you know what i mean you know, it's right. just like uh when you have someone who needs a manager if you ever look at a person with a manager it's because they can't fucking talk that's what managers right. are there for because the wrestler can't say shit. They have zero mic skills. They just look intimidating, you know? Like, right. um, who was it? Jack Swagger. He couldn't talk for shit. <laughs> on the mic. You know what I mean? He couldn't right. say, he, his promos were dog shit. But when he got uh, Zeb Coulter, who's Dutch Mantel, that's when he, he got better. That's when he got over, you know what I mean? Because somebody could talk for him. Right. You know, um, when, like, if you go old school, you get guys like... Uh, Andre the Giant. He couldn't talk. You know, he had a really thick accent. He couldn't speak. Right. So they put Bobby the Brain Heenan with him. Right. That's when he got better. You know what I mean? Right. And for someone like Lesnar, he doesn't have good promo skills, so they put Paul Heyman with him. Right. So you, they give him that tool of Paul Heyman. They, 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 he has that reputation from UFC. He's got his previous reputation from the WWE. 
he didn't need it. And, and I think he was the completely wrong guy to break the streak. I mean, if you think about it now, the only time we t- people talk about the streak is when people talk about how pissed off they are right. that, it, that it ended. You know what I mean? Right. It's never like, oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar was, is so much better now because he broke the streak. No, it's just because, you know, who the fuck was he to break the streak? He didn't deserve it. You know, that's my opinion. I don't think that, that he should have broken the streak. I don't think that he should have been the guy to do it. And again, Taker knows more about the business than I ever will. So he obviously saw a reason to do it. I just don't think as a, as someone who was around in the, has been around in the business and who has the insight that I do. And as a fan, I don't think that Lesnar should have been the guy to break the streak. And I don't think the streak should have ever been broken. You know what? Um, I, I, you know, you know, I, you know, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, um, if you, if, if you, um, I just seen last week, the, um, the, you know, the Broken Skull uh, podcast with Steve Austin on the WWE Network. Um, um, it's called, uh, you know, uh, I think it was called a uh, one more. Um, um, it was called a, uh, it's called the Broken Skull session. One more, one more round, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And Undertaker said that he pretty much said what you said that, you know, that Brock Lesnar didn't need it. Taker said that Roman Reigns needed it more than Brock Lesnar at the time. Mm-hmm. But I guess, uh, I guess, uh, I guess Vince didn't see it that way at that time. Um, but Brock, uh, but, but the undertaker Mark Calloway said that Brock, ne- Brock Lesnar didn't really need it as well either. Um, but Vince is like, okay, well, all right, well, go ahead. Well, just go ahead and, you know, you know, go ahead and Brock Lesnar, you know, go ahead and give him to him. And, you know, of course, you know, Undertaker is a straight, a straight hard, you know, you know, straight shooter, um, you know, so, you know, he doesn't argue with him, you know, he doesn't really try. He gives his opinions or whatever, um, but either way, he still does what the, you know, he still does, you know, what the big man says. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just that respect they have for each other is probably unbelievable, it's probably just, just unbelievable respect for each other, I, I pretty much would say that, mm-hmm. um, which I can see on the camera when they show a lot of backstage stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I pretty much agree with what you said and, um, what pretty much what Undertaker said too. Yeah. He, he wanted to give it to Roman Reigns, but I guess at the time it didn't happen. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't think he should have lost it either. I think he should have just kept it because that was pretty much his legacy. Um, um, and so, um, um, and so, uh, so yeah, so, um, yeah, I think he just should, should have kept it. Um, do you have one or two favorite matches of the undertaker that stands out, uh, to you? Uh, yeah, there's a couple actually. Um, the worst match I've ever seen of the undertakers was, I believe it was WrestleMania 13 between him and giant Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Cause that was just a dude who couldn't wrestle for shit. At Las Vegas. In- yeah, in Las Vegas. The dude <laughs> couldn't wrestle for shit. He had dog shit gear. Like he was just in the, he was just the drizzly shits. Like if you he was human diarrhea. You know, <laughs> he was worthless. It was just another tall dude wrestling against Taker and you know, Taker did his you know, like you said, Taker Taker does business. He knows how to do business and he knew that Vince said this is how it's gonna go, this is gonna sell tickets, and he's like, Yeah man, I'll do it. And it just fucking horrible. It's trash. But the best match I've ever seen of Undertaker's was WrestleMania uh, with uh, him and HBK. Oh, that's um, the best 
far by far and away the first one not their second one their first one the first one um yeah the the far and away the best right. wrestlemania match i've ever match period i've ever seen in my life that was wrestlemania 25 and um it's cool because um i watched it live on pay-per-view and i remember just being like in awe of it and then i didn't realize it but later on in life i would get to work with the referee of that match from marty elias and uh marty's a good dude um he's always been cool to me he's always been uh been uh friendly to me always been uh, a cool guy to uh to listen to and uh one of his biggest things is man brother i was, I was the fucking referee in that match man i was the fucking referee in that match you know and uh he has a slammy award he, he got a slammy because he was in the match you know and he he I remember when he got it he would carry the fucker around whenever he would be around like, look at me i'm a slammy award referee yeah, Marty, fuck, man. We know, dude. Okay, we get it. But that was the best Undertaker match I've ever seen in my entire life from, you know, just from start to finish, literally from the moment they both entered with their ring entrances and their, their gear to the minute that they left, you know, it was just all the way around. And it was funny because uh, that match went over. Um, you're only allotted a certain amount of time when, you, when you're on TV. Right and uh, that they, they were Marty was like they're in my fucking ear guys you gotta go home you gotta go home and they're they're tired they're like fuck you we're not done yet and so <laughs> they, they went over so um, Marty told me they didn't they were the only guys who never got heat in the back for going on hey sorry my dogs no it's okay me. it's um, all good they didn't, they didn't get any heat they went to the back and they um, Vince told them they were like he was like you know what fuck it I don't even care if we cut. 10 minutes from everybody's matches you went you went over but it was a hell of a match and it was exactly what i needed and what you guys did so he didn't even give a shit that they went over and got heat for it or didn't get no heat for it so it was all good yeah um uh we we kind of lost andreas uh i already told him uh just to go in and re-answer the same uh uh the same email so we lost him for a second um he said he'll be back on for a second right um but yeah um man uh I would say, let me see. I let's see. Um, damn, so many. Um, I would have to say one of my top ones is with Undertaker and and uh, and Mankind uh, in the Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. um, when he threw him off Hell in the Cell and and uh, and a choke slammed him um, through the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you watch the episode that I said. Uh, the Undertaker said that right there when he threw him off, <laughs> when he threw him off the fucking cage, mm-hmm. that wasn't, that wasn't in the script. Yeah. So, uh, Taker said that when they were up there, you know, doing their thing and, and they were like, you know, uh, you know, saying, uh, Taker was like, no, go ahead and, you know, go ahead and do it. And, and Mark was like, what? Like during up there, like, you know, mm-hmm. you can't really tell what they're doing in there, but, and, he freaking did it and freaking did it and he threw him and, and John Taker was like he was just pretty much shocked and suspense when he seen that because he because he said when he's looking from on top mm-hmm. it looked like he'd foul forever um yeah and so um so yeah so and then even you know even the choke slam wasn't supposed to happen either mm-hmm. um and so when that happened when he choke slammed him um and went through the Hell in a Cell, um, um, Undertaker was waiting. The, you know, the time that you see him wait, once mm-hmm. he falls through the Hell in a Cell, uh, the Undertaker was saying that he was pretty much waiting for him to move. 
he was pretty much scared, but still in mm-hmm. character, saying like, "Man, I hope you move. Please move, please." <laughs> and uh, man, um, cousin, you have to really watch that. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have it, I'll give you, I'll give you the info, uh, okay. so you can watch it if you want. Um, but um, but yeah, so he was pretty much just in character and saying, "Please get up. Please get up. Let me see. Please mm-hmm. let me please have." I mean, please see some movement, at least a leg or a limb or something. And so mm-hmm. once he did, and he was pretty much just relieved a little bit, um, uh, he, pretty, he was pretty much relieved um, that he moved for, for a second. And then, um, that, yeah, that was pretty much one of the highlights that I loved um, and crazy, freaking crazy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back in our day when we actually watched it, when it was actually to watch. Um, and you didn't know what was going to happen when we watched it back in the day. It was pretty mm-hmm. much every every Monday, every SmackDown was pretty much, I wonder what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. know, of course, it was so different back then. There wasn't no internet. There wasn't leaks. There wasn't speculations or Twitter or Facebook or anything at the time back in our day. It was pretty much waiting until next week. Yeah. Um so I pretty much miss those days where um, uh, I don't kind of like, I don't like knowing through social media anymore. I, I don't like it. Uh, um, it pretty much, it pretty much messes up the suspense of wrestling. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, that was pretty much my, my pretty much um, favorite match. Um, but yeah, I did, I did want to, I, I did want to see Sting and Undertaker. I did want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to see that match, um, but uh, it didn't happen. Um, is there a match you wanted to see um, with Undertaker that he didn't fight yet before he retired? Um, everybody says Stingtaker. I think that would have been a good one. Um, there's, there's so many guys that, that came in. Um, I honestly would have loved to see Taker Samoa Joe. Just oh yes, that's good. Did, that's good. Like Taker, like Samoa Joe is the nicest guy in the world. By the way, I I met them. His trainer, Red, uh, Cincinnati Red, who's passed away, and he was my mentor in the business. He um one of the <laughs> Red was the coolest dude you'll ever meet, or he was the biggest asshole you'd ever meet. Um, <laughs> and he was an indie guy out out here in SoCal, and he uh, he trained Joe coming up. And I remember when I got to meet Joe, he was the nicest fucking guy in the world, and um. He, the way that he worked, he was just so – he's a big guy, you know, right. and for a big guy to work like that is great. So I would have loved to see that because it was, you know, a taker who could just brawl, you know what I mean? He wasn't technically great anymore when he got older, especially when Small Joe came in. So he wasn't going to, you know, go hold a hold, but he was going to brawl with you. But Joe could go hold to hold. and He could brawl with you. And so I just think that the two styles would have been really good to see together that one would have been really really good to see but you know obviously you never get to see that and then um let's see who else who else like guys in their heyday um like um from wwe i would have loved to see or wcw excuse me i would have liked to see like um like booker t when he was the at his best in wcw with with taker um that's pretty pretty interesting yeah you know because i mean you get that that little uh apollo creed versus rocky balboa or uh, you remember rocky four rocky balboa versus ivor or apollo creed versus ivor drago 
Right. <laughs> yeah. The match going. I see, you know, Booker <laughs> doing his little flashy shit, and then I see Taker just like, fuck you. And, you know what I mean? Like, that one would have been interesting to me. Um, um, let's see what else. Because the cool thing is Taker goes over so many different eras. Like, now, I would, lo- I would have loved to see Taker going against, against somebody like Johnny Gargano. I think that would have been that have been a cool match, you know what I mean? Because that would, be. um, you know, because if you remember when Taker went up against Jeff Hardy, that was two completely different guys, two styles, two you know different weight classes basically. Right. So to see go up against him would have been really really cool too. Um, and then, uh, um, God, there's one other one, and I and I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue right now. But definitely, definitely those ones for sure would have been it. If I got, if I get to it, if I remember it, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. But those ones for sure would have been okay. the better matches, in my opinion. Some dope ones to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I, you know what? Uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah. Um, did you, did you, uh, did you like the AJ Styles and Undertaker? Um, you know, kind of a cinematic match. Like, did you like yeah. that match? It was it was different, you know what I mean. Um, wrestling has to evolve; it has to change. It can't just stay the same, you know, the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, I have friends of mine that work in uh, wrestling still, and uh, they work in those um, in a studio. They, they do the studio wrestling, you know. And to me, that that can be good and it can be bad. It just depends on the type of wrestling. But when you see that cinematic kind of like, oh shit, you know, you're you're you have to remember who you're, who the young kids are now. Because remember, wrestling is for the younger kids. You know, us older guys, you know, we're on that tail end of where we either stop watching wrestling or they don't cater to us anymore. But you get the young kids who are used to watching the Marvel movies. They're used to watching, you know, the Harry Potter movies. They're used to watching UFC where it looks real. You know what I mean? And then right. the cinematic of the cinematic approach to everything is something you have to have. And I think that that match worked well because of that. And when you have a character like Undertaker, who is the, you know, the, the badass, you know, supernatural guy, you, you have to incorporate something like that, especially in a pandemic where you don't have fans to feed off of it, you know? Right. And that's the, the biggest, the hardest thing about uh, wrestling is that because it's live, it's like going to a Broadway show, you feed off the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, right. I can tell you, honestly, there's nothing like stepping through the curtain, like stepping through the curtain and hearing the crowd pop, even if it's right. not for you, but you hear it and you're a part of it, you feel that energy. You know, when I used to ref, um, you know, you used to count a little harder for those big matches when the crowd's into it. Oh, yeah. Know? One, two, and then you're like, no, two, two. Right. <laughs> you, you, you look at someone in the audience who's like, you know, fuck you, ref, and you're like, no, two, it's only two. <laughs> right. Only two. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I can't like, imagine it, what, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure what you went through, man, was just amazing fucking experience uh i'm 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 so jealous i'm just so jealous um um but uh but i'm so happy for you in the same in the, in the same yeah, way. Uh, it was fun dude like i mean you know it's not the business is is very uh um it'll it'll chew you up man it really will like you you uh you know you have to understand that it, it's it's good and bad you know what i mean and right right for all the good shit i had bad shit that happened so it's like it's tough to tell people, you know, to go into the business because it can be hard. You know, you see the movie, right. the rest. And yes. it's funny when I saw that I was sad because I saw them old timers 
who would come in with their fucking broke dick suitcase that only had one wheel. They had their old gear that they were stapling together because they, they, they couldn't sew it or they couldn't afford to get new gear. And, you know, you see the guys that take the medicine, the pills, and the drink the booze and all that shit to try to get going. But then it's like, in the movie, he, uh, the, the Mickey Rourke's character says, you know, when I step through that curtain, I don't feel any pain. And it's true. You know, when, like, I, when I was in the business, man, I was going through some tough shit. And when I would go through the curtain or when I'd get to the show, it all went away. You know what I mean? It was like, here we go. We're performing. You know, we're, we're going to you know, get, get on the mic. We're going to do our commentary. And it was fun. It was great. And it was a good escape. But it's, it's tough, man. Like, that business soul, that'll kick your ass. You know what I mean? If you're not ready for it or you're not, uh, you're not uh, in it 100% or even if you are in it 100% and you're too focused on making it, it'll, it'll kick your ass, man. It, it, it did, it did to me, like, honestly, it really did to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to do it and I'm glad I got to be a part of it and I still love it. And, you know, part of me is like, man, maybe one more, maybe one more go. And then I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm an old man now. <laughs> I, well, I'm not an old man. I'm only 38. But, but, cousin, you're not an old man, dude. You were not you know, an old man, um, but it's just, it's, it's we're still in our prime, realize. homie. <laughs> yeah. We're still in you our realize. prime. Yeah, you just realize that, you know, that's that's a young man's game. You know what I mean? Like, I got kids, you know, that are older. You know, um, my oldest is in college. My youngest is a sophomore. And, you know, it's you realize that it's time to move on and, and take care of them. And, you know, you have your time. You have your shot. And if you're not – if you don't make it by a certain age with a family, you ain't going to make it. So, you know, it was fun. It was great. And I got cool shit stories to tell, man. I can – go on for days but you know it's uh it's a tough business it's a tough tough business so for someone like taker to have lasted so fucking long and stayed popular so long to where he can make a million dollars a match then you know he's doing it right um yeah he is um you know uh um have you seen any um i mean did you watch any of the untakers thing that's out at all like you watch anything since um since he came out with the undertaker um you know, um, you know, the last ride. Have you watched any of that stuff yet? No, I haven't watched any of that documentary. Just, um, you know, with the, with the teaching and the pandemic and everything, you know, most, most people have time to do that shit. I, I, I have hard time trying to, to sit and watch it. And then, um, so when is your I last days it, it, of, of teaching? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and when is your, when is, uh, when is Christmas vacation coming up for you? Oh, it's coming up. So I'll have time to do it soon. So it's just, uh, you know, in between, though, it's, it's tough, man. Like, people mm. don't get how busy you are as a teacher, especially virtually. It's hard. You know, you're, you got to. I believe it. Who, yeah, for those of you who people were teachers, they have to change everything they had. So, like, you can have all your lessons in a file cabinet with all your, your handouts and your worksheets. But I can't give you a worksheet, cousin, because you're in Arizona over the computer. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Down the street, there's a fucking pandemic. Oh, excuse me. I don't want to go and get you sick. Right. So you got to change everything to make it work digitally and then find a way to give it to the kids who don't have a computer. And then the kids who do have a computer, excuse me again, it's just crazy. But I do want to watch it just because, um, you know, Taker was one of those dudes that, you know, you watch growing up um, and you actually like and you want to see all the time. You know what I mean? Like every time you could have a match, I'd be like, babe, you know, Taker's wrestling. Should we get WrestleMania? What do you think? You know? Yeah. He's back. Right. <laughs> right. So, Luckily, she was a fan, so it would work more more oh. times than not. But, you know. Oh, that yeah. would be that would be awesome. Um, yeah, you know what? I think there's a way. Um, in, what would be awesome is that me and you can watch it like mm-hmm. this, 
and our reactions watching it while drinking or just not, or, you know, not, or you don't have to drink, but I'm just saying like, we mm -hmm. can still do it how we do it right now and just enjoy watching it. Yeah. It together. That would be sick. Yeah. I'd totally um, be down with that. Um, if you figure it out, man, I'm down. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'll, I'll definitely, definitely look into that. Um, which I think since you brought that up uh, about, I just found a way <laughs> right now. <laughs> I just found a way, but I won't be able to record the session because of the copyrights. Yeah. But it'll still be awesome just us just uh, getting together and watching it. Mm -hmm. um, that would pretty much be awesome um, to do that. Uh, maybe when, uh, um, maybe when, uh, you know, whenever um, your break starts, we can actually we can actually watch uh we can watch whatever you want to watch if you want to watch the broken skull sessions first or we mm -hmm. can watch the last ride whatever you want to do it's up to you i'll give you i'll give you the um i'll give you the keys you just tell me where to go and what to watch and we'll watch it together yeah man i'm down all right you just uh yeah you just uh, let me know when you get in, when you when you uh get a chance and uh you know start that break sure. um mm. i i just, I just want to uh, say in all seriousness that um, uh, me and you that our house that our hearts go out to Pat Patterson that just passed away. Yeah. Um. Um. Did you ever get to meet Pat Patterson? By the way. Never got to meet Pat. That was that was the dude I never got to meet. Um. I've met a lot of people that always had good things to say about Pat. Um. The one of the things I always said he was a straight shooter and but he was always willing to help. So he would sit there and tell you, you know what, brother, you uh, you were for shit today. You fucking sucked. You stunk the place up. <laughs> You don't deserve to wear boots, but uh, here's how you can fix it. You know, so he was oh, he was good like that. He didn't he didn't have a problem with the telling you how it was. From what I understand, you know, I mean, a lot of guys knew him and that I worked with, and they always had the best things to say about him. And um, he was openly gay, but it never was a right. big deal. You know, it was never right. like uh, a problem. It never was anything to any of the boys in the back. And I think that's something that uh, people should understand about him was that even though he was gay it wasn't his it wasn't what made him you know what i mean he was one of the boys still you know he he oh no matter what he was one of the boys first right. not you know oh that's pat patterson he's gay it was that's pat patterson he'll fuck you up he'll kick your ass he'll tell you what the truth is he'll make you better you know what i mean so i think that's always a, a big thing to, to say is that you know he was a a good person first and foremost from everyone i ever spoke to that had dealing with him you know, and right. I wish I'd have met him because when we were kids, he was always on with Gerald Briscoe on right. uh, on, on Monday Night Raw, you know, right. all the Stooges, you know what I mean? So right. he was one I wish I could have met, you know? Yeah, I just want to say uh, to all the podcast listeners out there that our hearts go out to him and his family. Um, um, if he has any family, um, our, house, our, our, our hearts um, and our condolences goes you know, goes to their families. Um, I, I heard nothing but good things about, um, you know, about them. Um, didn't, didn't know him, uh, but just, you know, just watch them, you know, when we were young um, on TV. But I heard nothing but good things anyway. Um, you know, I was seeing a lot of stuff they were sh sharing on social media um, and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, our house, but our house go out, our hearts go out to Pat Patterson um, and Matt, uh, just, uh, a glorious mind uh for what i've i've seen on on the network and everything mm -hmm. um just uh he was a straight shooter you know a straight shooter like you said um you know he loved seeing karaoke um mm -hmm. 
um, you know, he, uh, he used to, uh, well, well, I just seen on, I think it was on YouTube that, uh, that he used to, uh, seeing Frank Sinatra, um, I did it my way. Nice. Um, so that was a really nice, uh, thing. Um, but yeah, um, hearts go out to them. Um, um, and, uh, there never be another one like Pat Patterson, um, um, of the minds. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, I'm very sad. Everybody, everybody's going, uh, everybody's passing away, um, sadly, but you know, people were just going left and right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, um, and so, so the Undertaker, uh, um, uh, yeah, um, dude, um, you know what, uh, since we have, uh, um, just to want a quick question. So how, so how much time do we have with you, sir? Uh, we got about another good half hour easy. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, let's see. Um, you know what, let's go and talk about the biggest topic that's going around social media right now. Sting signing a multi uh, um, a multi-year uh, contract with AEW. Um, uh, it was shocking. Um, I thought he was never coming back to wrestling for a while since what happened to him. Um, but it was amazing when he showed up on AEW. Um, and I didn't, you know what, I don't really watch AEW. Um, but I see they got they got fans inside the stadiums, um, which is awesome. I know WWE is really, really strict on their safety, um, not doing it that way. Um, man, that would be so awesome if they did it. Um, um, but I know how really safe they are, um, really, really safe they are. Um, but, um, Cousin, I would like to get uh, your reaction uh, about Steen coming back to AEW, um, your thoughts um, and your opinions um, about it. Um, go ahead. Um, so Sting has always been like one of the guys that I'm like either really big on or I'm really like whatever about, you know what I mean? He's, um, he did his, his regular, you know, you know, baby face gimmick forever. And he was just whatever to me then it was just, you know, I didn't, didn't do anything for me, you know? Really? Really? Uh, Yeah. I didn't, I was never a big Sting fan. It wasn't until he had his heel turn in WCW with the NWO, which was huge. And you were a huge fan of when we were kids. Right. Um, you know, you were more WCW than you were WWE when we were kids. Um, right. But uh, when, uh, when he made his heel turn, I was like, okay, that's cool. I can dig this. Let's see where it goes, you know? And I think that's something that has to happen when you have a guy like that. Cause you know, you can only do so much with the good guy. You know what I mean? People right. don't like the good guy that much. The, the plain Jane just, you know, you know, like Hulk Hogan, take your prayers, say your prayers, take your vitamins, drink your milk, bullshit, whatever. Nobody <laughs> likes that, you know. Like everybody fucking hates. It. I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. I think he's one of the biggest pieces of dog shit ever wrestling. I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. So sorry to all your fans who like him. Fuck him. He sucks. No man, no, no. This is no. This is the game of wrestling experience, man. Uh, this is we have our opinions, we have our saves. I'm pretty sure you know uh, we all have our. Everybody likes him. Everybody doesn't. Um, how he is, you know, the Macho Man never liked Hulk Hogan. And yeah. cause he's seen how he was. And I, I was a big fan of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And, um, I, I don't not disagree with the Macho Man, Randy yeah. Savage. Cause I know how he was, mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, he was saying, you know, yeah, Hulk's a punk, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just saying, yeah. uh, just, uh, uh, you know, he, you know, he on YouTube, uh, he has a couple of videos, um, 
I guess before, way before he, uh, he passed away, um, when he was making a rap CD, uh, which is hilarious. Um, I don't know if he knew about the Rhapsody or a uh, uh, thing he was doing, um, but yeah, he 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 talked a lot. He talked a lot about a lot a lot, a lot of wrestlers in the company mm-hmm. and how Hogan was a punk and all this all this all this freaking trash. He was talking Hulk Hogan and um, man, uh, you know what? And I don't know Hulk Hogan personally, but if everybody's saying how how a punk he was and. He didn't really care for kids so much, and you know I believe it. If, if uh, you know, if a lot of people are talking about a certain, a certain, uh, um, you know, as a quote from, uh, you know, of, um, of um, God dang it, what's the the, the comic's name? Um, uh, I was gonna say Mike Ebbs. Um, no, um, oh my God, Pimpin' Pimpin' for Friday. What's his name, cousin? From Pimpin' Pimpin' for Friday after next. Um, um. Dang Cat it! Williams. There you Cat go. Williams. There you go. Cat Williams. Um, he did a podcast. I mean, excuse me, a podcast. He did a stand-up on Netflix or on DVD. Um, I think it's on still on Netflix when he talks about, um, you know, if a lot of people talk a lot of shit about you, if Whitney Houston was smoking crack at the time, and a lot of people are saying, you know, she was smoking crack. She was smoking crack. Um, you know, uh, you know, just his saying at the time back in the day. Um, a lot of pe- a lot of people don't talk a lot about you if it's not true, mm-hmm. um, which it is true. Um, so it's pretty much saying the whole Kogan, you know, a lot of people knowing how he is, that's how he was. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he pretty much, I'm pretty sure he was a business guy, but then, you know, um, whatever, how he did business wasn't always the right decision, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like you were saying, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a piece of shit or whatever. Uh, um, I can, I can see that. Um, now I don't know. Um, I don't know if he does regret it. I'm, I, I, I really hope he does regret everything, um, of what he did back then or how he was. Um, I don't know. I just hope he has clarity, um, uh, now being older. Um, uh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Sting, uh, dude, uh, Sting's sixty-one years old, man. He doesn't look sixty-one years old. No, um, no, he he's got a good look to him still. Like he still looks like you know he can probably go. Um, but sixty-one, man, you you can't do much. And yeah. I think that uh, you uh, you sign a guy like that not because of what he can do in the ring, but what he can bring right. to the company. You know, you get the curiosity factor of it. First and foremost, like what the fuck, Sting. He's alive, A. <laughs> right. B, what the hell is he going to do? So you bring him in to get people to watch that first show. And he didn't do anything. He just had that appearance. Maybe the next show he does something a little more and a little more. And I'm sure eventually he'll have to do, you know, work a match or get a little physical or something. But, you know, in the meantime, though, like, you're, it's more like, what, what is this going to lead to? Where is this going to go? How is it going to work? You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know how, I mean, I, you can't, I mean, I can't argue with the idea behind it and I'm sure that AEW knows what they're doing. Obviously they're still in business and they got money. Um, they have some smart people. Like I said, I, I know the young bucks personally. I've, I've worked with them in the past and, you know, I got to hang out with them, you know, do a little work on the road with them and they, they know how to get a crowd and, and pop them. You know what I mean? Um, I know that certain people don't like them and, you know, as far as the wrestling goes, but 
I know that they know what they're doing. They could not sell out arenas all over the world and they could not get people to want to watch their shows or their, 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 their work if they didn't know what they were doing. So I'm sure right. that Ben and, and Cody Rhodes um, and Tony Khan and yeah, Tony Khan, they, they, you know, Kenny Omega, they know how this is going to work. They know how to appeal to a broader audience than just, you know, people who are looking for a good guy and a bad guy. So I'm sure something is going to work itself out. What it is, though, I don't know. I don't right. know exactly how it's going to, you know, right. finish out. But, you know, I'm looking, for, I'm looking to, uh, forward to reading about it and seeing what's up. Yeah, you know, I wasn't a big fan of AEW. Um, not because I don't know what's going on, but just because um, I don't really know a lot of people except for Chris Jericho um, and Goldust um, and Cody Rhodes. Um, excuse me, but besides that, um, I'm I'm not gonna bash any company because I don't, I don't watch AEW. But once mm-hmm. I seen Sting on AEW, it brought me back to interest. No, not excuse me, not back because I never watched it, but mm-hmm. interested of watching AEW now. Where where is this gonna lead um, to the company now? He's Sting is back on TNT, mm-hmm. uh, where WCW was. Um, uh, he was a WCW franchise, um, and now he's a Hall of Famer. Um, so it's just uh, – and him signing a multi-year contract. Uh, doesn't mean he's going to be in the ring. Uh, I don't think – in my mind, I'll, I'm thinking it's pretty much going to be just how he was in WCW, like showing up appearances here and there, uh, maybe hitting a couple whacks with the bat, you know, like he did from, you know, the NWO. Um, and then leaving or whatever, but I know he can't do so much. I don't know how good condition he is since the last match he had in WWE at Night of Champions against Seth Rollins. Um, um, in my opinion, when I seen that match, uh, when he did that power bomb um, towards a turnbuckle, um, in my opinion, that's a pretty much dangerous move to do on anybody, um, especially on you know on a uh, you know on a you know, on Sting for how old he was. Um, mm. I don't blame Seth Rollins as a fan, but I think he should have been done in the first place. Because mm-hmm. um, that move right there is a kind of a risky 50-50 um, uh, up and powerbomb towards the corner, throwing you in the corner. doesn't seem like it's fucking safe. Um, yeah. When you're getting thrown back into the ring, you know, your neck, it just, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't hold gravity when somebody throws you at, in the corner of a turnbuckle, which I'm thinking anyway, you know, it's air. You, we, you know, we can't stop gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, do I blame Seth Rollins? No. Um, but I think as a fan that he shouldn't have done it. Um, mm-hmm. um, I wish hopefully in the long run that he stops doing that because he can hurt people. Um, I know Sting doesn't blame Seth Rollins. Um, what he said. Um, um to a point, I do, and as a fan of me, I do blame him for doing it, um, mm-hmm. which I know that most of the time that, you know, thing, things like that don't happen, but it's wrestling, shit happens, um, but I mean, if I was, I mean, if I was Seth Rollins and I was, as a fan anyway, if I was fighting Sting, and I know that, you know, he he has a little bit of age over me, I'm not going to do some crazy move that's going to gonna be... Uh, dangerous in a way mm-hmm. to throw him like that anyway. Um, I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I uh, you know, that's a pretty much dangerous move to do. Um, uh, you know, at the time, um, 
But uh, do I blame Seth Rollins? I do blame him a little bit for doing that move. I know Sting said that he doesn't blame him, but, you know, it is what it is. But I think that's why he never finished in WWE anymore because they mm-hmm. didn't pretty much clear him because of what happened. Um, but now he's in AEW. So that being said, um, you know, you know, Sting is a Sting pretty much is a Brock Lesnar where he can bring in the money, he can bring in the crowd. Um, in that perspective, I'm not saying he is Brock Lesnar, but he is Brock Lesnar in that way as a franchise for what he is. Um, and now since he's a Hall of Famer, um, it's pretty much a money grabber and people tuning into AEW now. I'm going to turn into AEW just because mm-hmm. I've seen Sting. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much interested of what's going to happen now. Um, where he, I don't know, to be honest, I don't, I don't know what the <laughs> fucking fuck is going on AEW right now. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. When I seen it, everybody was fighting and re- and just chilling in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he came out, but um, I'm pretty much pulling out to AEW, so I will pretty much going to watch AEW now, see what's going to go on with Sting. Um, mm. But, yeah, because in um, – yeah, I'm pretty much going to be putting out to AEW. Um, just, like, pretty much bringing me back to WCW days now since he came back like that. Um, showing up. I kind of like how he came in through, like, his entrance is, like, kind of a snow kind of thing. Snowy. Mm-hmm. Snowy entrance, something different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know he can't have his own music or whatever because, you know, copyrights of WWE whatever. Um, but I do like it. It's pretty it's different now with snow. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I don't know if you read anything about the, um, I'm just hearing a lot of buzz right now with, uh, social media about, um, um, about how AEW and, um, Impact are colliding or, um, their contracts, um, are pretty much inclined for their shows. I'm thinking anyway, um, um. Can I get your thoughts about that? Do you have anything of any insights of how that goes, cousin, of you're starting to do that now? Yeah. So a lot of times when these guys have a contract, they have um, things signed into them that say you can't work with anybody else. Um, Whether it's um, no outside appearances, no indie shows, you know, meet and greets, all that shit. It's always written in. Well, with other people, you can negotiate a contract that allows you to go work with other companies or anything like that so um like for example um when tna first started which was is impact but when it was tna um a lot of the guys that were signed to contracts with tna used to work with a company called pwg out here in socal and they also work with uh, a company called roh ring of honor well when they signed with tna they were still allowed to wrestle and work for like roh and pwg but they could not be on the DVDs because they wrote in the contract that if you worked, you could wrestle the match, but you couldn't be on the DVD because there's money there. Right, right. Eventually, they were just like, well, fuck, we can't put you on the DVD. What do we want you here for? You know, you don't make money on the gate, especially in indie wrestling. You know, you don't make, that's not where the money's at because it's, you know, 10, 15 bucks a pop. You only get 200 people show up. You only make it two grand. You pay out, you know, whatever your salary is for the boys, a really shitty promotion pays 10 to 15 bucks a guy. 
you know, including referees. So you're only paying like 500 bucks out. You're only making after you rent the building, you're not making shit. You know what I mean? Like you do it at that level to get exposure and to make a little bit of money. If you can, if you do it right, you can make some money, but um, more times than not, you're making shit. Um, But you sell your DVD for 10 bucks a pop. It costs you a penny, you know, pennies for the dvd itself right you know you get a guy to do the the artwork for free and then you don't pay him shit but maybe five ten bucks you know here man here's some exposure you know bullshit like that and then your dvd case you get in bulk so you pay you know five cents a pop for that so your only your only cost to make a dvd is putting on the show and you maybe it costs you like a dollar to make the dvd so now you're making nine bucks a pop on every dvd you sell Right. So when you can sell a DVD worth 20 bucks, now people, now you're making good money. Well, that's where the contract stuff starts to come in. You know, you don't want to have them sell your DVD because now you're not exclusive to this place. So now they can't sell their DVD or their Blu-ray or whatever it is. They can't stream it. And there's no exclusivity. You know what I mean? Like we know, like for us, for example, we know the only place that you can hear you talk is on your podcast, right? Right. So people have to come to your podcast to hear you talk. You know what I mean? But if you yes. start talking about that podcast and that podcast and that podcast, now they don't have to come to you anymore. They can hear you anywhere. So what's the point of coming to your podcast? Now your numbers go down. Right. You know what I mean? Now, because, well, we can hear Cousin Mario anywhere. We don't have to listen to his because he'll talk at, you know, Cousin Joey's or Cousin Bobby's or Cousin Tony's or whatever the fuck. You know right. I mean? And that's where the problems come in. But with AEW, they were able to work it out to where they could do favor basically for both you know you can appear on impact but i'm sure there's something that they talked about where it's like well you know kenny omega will go to impact and so will this guy and that guy but you can't make him look like shit you can't hit him with a chair you can't make him you know say that AEW sucks you know there's all kinds of different stuff right right in the contract that makes it so it has to work out for both companies you you'll never just see it where one company is going to get everything and one company is going to get nothing so Somehow, some way, they figured it's going to do well, and we'll see what happens, you know. Um, uh, I remember you mentioned earlier Triple H saying, like, oh, well, now, you know, well, now we can work with every people, other people, too. But what are they going to get out of it? What's WWE going to get out of working? And that'd be like me and you talking shit on our podcast, and then all of a sudden, them WWE, like, well, yeah, we want Cousin Mario and Cousin Law to work on our podcast. You know, we're, we're small-time guys, you know what I mean? Right. Is, like you said, there's about 300 followers and listeners, you know, which is respectable. WWE's got millions. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So now it's like, well, what risk is it to us? You know, maybe we get there and they make us look like dog shit, and then nobody ever listens to us again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, then, then all of a sudden, because Mario's podcast is canceled because fucking WWE decided to do this. Or what if they liked you, and then they signed you over to them? But now you can never do your podcast again. So now the you know Mario's podcast goes away because now he's working with them. You right. know what I mean? Which so, I, which I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> oh man, that would be uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. So you see, like you you would lose your freedom to do whatever you want to do, and like right. you're you know you can sit there and you know talk all the shit you want, but then. If you get signed by the big boy, company, there's gonna be there's 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 gonna be guidelines of what can I say yeah. and what can I say. Yeah, um, Paul um, Heyman did a, a they did a DVD called The Rise and Fall of ECW, where Paul Heyman um, talked about ECW and how it got started and how it ended up collapsing, and um, 
in it, he talks about the first time he was on the live mic with Jim Ross. And um, he, Vince was in the ring doing a segment. So he could normally Vince is on the ears and on the, and on the mic with you. So of course. He's in your ears is what they call it. They call it being in right. your ears. And he's telling you, say this, don't say that. Shut the fuck up. Go cue this, go do that. It sucks by the way. Cause I've had to have people in my ears while I'm talking right. and while I'm commentating when I work for MTV. And so you hear in your ears, five minutes, you know, camera two, five minutes, camera three of this out of the other, blah, 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 you know, um, uh, Lala, make sure you, make sure you put this over, you know, that was good. Make sure you say this now, this time all while you're talking, you know what I mean? And it's, it's difficult to do. And so he didn't have Vince in his ear. So he just went off on his own and said some really fucked up shit. And normally that'd have been fine for him at ECW to say whatever he wants. But then right. he gets WWE and he got his ass chewed for it. And they were like, look, you know, don't fucking do that again. You know what I mean? And he even says, he's like, I, I kind of got a feeling where I could go. They got a feeling who I was and I, I got, I got slapped. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. you know, right. you, you, you trade the good money for your freedom. And so that's why a company like AEW appeals to people because they can make decent money. Right. Excuse me doing what they love and still have the freedom you know to do whatever they want basically and, and wrestle how they want right you know in wwe you get a list here's what you cannot do here's what you can do if you wrestle this third match you get five minutes and you can't do that you know how much story can you tell how much of your own art can you put into it because wrestling's art you know what i mean right and if it's like when i was a uh, when I was uh, commentating, you know, our, our guy with, you know, our boss would tell us, man, say what you want, go at it, have fun. And then other times they would be like, Hey, look, so, you know, you need to not say this. Um, you know, you need to not say it. Sorry, cousin. I was looking no. at my fiance. The mail was here. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, um, just, um, I'm um, just before I, I didn't mean to cut you, uh, cut you off. No, um, no, yeah. um, do we have until five o'clock or what? Or uh, like ish? 4.15, roughly. How m- like 4.30-ish at the very latest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, because yeah, it's no, different. No, no, I'm saying because it's different over there right now because right now oh, it's yeah, 4. Oh, yeah, the fucking time zone. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right now it's 4.51. Okay, then we have until fucking, I don't know, 4.30 my time, roughly. Okay, 4.30, okay. Okay, yeah, so, so technically it will be 5.30 here then. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay, okay. So five thirty, we're, we're cool until five thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Okay, okay, sweet. Uh, um, no, but so, I'm sorry. Go, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Where the fuck was I? Um, talk about the companies. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you get your company telling you, you know, yeah, yeah, man, you can say, say whatever you want. Go ahead, do your thing. You know, just don't say fuck, don't say shit, don't say bitch. You know what I mean? And that was standard where I worked. When I, well, the companies I worked in, they were like, yeah, man, do you. You're your own character. That's what we hired you for. Go at it. You provide the the color commentary or you provide the play-by-play. Right. And then when I, got, when I worked with MTV, they were like, look, you're the heel now. We need you to be the asshole. You know, know what you're talking about, but your whole thing here is to be funny and, and be mean. You know? And then um, when I was done with MTV, I was like, well, now what do I do? Like, I can do both. So companies were like, man, just right. be who you are. You know, it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. So it, was, it was me. Like, normal. I talk shit all the time. So it was fine. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. But still, don't say fuck, don't say shit, don't say bitch. Like, those right. are the big ones. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't say those things. If you say those things, we're going to cut you off. And I only ever messed up once, cousin. One time. I uh, <laughs> I don't even know how it happened, but I was commentating a match. 
And I was like, oh man, he hit him right in the fucking face. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> I took my mic off and I sat. And that was during the show? And that was during the show? During commentating? It was during commentating and I was like going. I was like, oh yeah, he's coming off the ropes and he's going to hit him with this and he's coming off that. And he tells him, oh, and he hits him right in the fucking face. And I just stopped. And my partner looks at me and I don't know if you're taping this for your, 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 uh, your fans, but he looks at me like, Oh yeah! Oh, it's for all my fans on YouTube too. It's gonna be on there yeah. pretty soon. And I just sat back in my chair, like, like, oh man, <laughs> for a good thirty seconds. And I, I get, I get back up, and I'm like, all right, just, just jump back into it, like you didn't say anything, right? And my, um, my boss, Red, the guy who I told you about, who was Joe's trainer and, and my mentor, right? He wasn't listening because normally he they have a monitor in the back. Even at indie shows, there's a monitor right. in the back that's mic'd up so you can see what's going on. And he, he wasn't there. And my phone's blowing up because my friends are like, dude, you said fuck, you said fuck, you said fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, remind me later to tell Red I fucked up so he can edit it. You know, because Red was great. He edited everything. He made all of our um, all of our videos, all of our DVDs, all the art. He even designed the tag team belts that they still use in that company. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so <laughs> the the show goes and it's a big show and everybody's happy. I fucking forget to tell him that I said fuck, right? Right. And so two weeks go by, and we're about to go to another show, and he's like, "Lala, come here." I'm like, "Yeah, man, you know, what's up, dude? You know, um, why the fuck didn't you tell me you said fuck on the goddamn camera?" Oh shit, Red, my bad, bro. My, you know, dude, I meant to tell you, I already finished the fucking DVD. Now I gotta oh. throw it all away, and I gotta go back and re-edit it and burn another. I burned ten copies of that fucking DVD already. And, Damn. You know, it's, it's not, like he, like imagine if he would have not caught it. And he said the only reason he caught it is because he was testing that first one and listening to it while the others were burning. So we had to stop that. Throw away ten DVDs. Go back to the go back. To Throw the it away? Are you serious? Yeah. So he was like, he kept one. He said he kept one just to fuck with me about it. Um, but he was like, you know, man, I I gotta suspend you. So I was suspended for a good couple of shows because yeah, sucks. yeah I I got fucked up. So it it was only because um, happens to everybody. Yeah, he had to set the example. So like I I had to go and I could still set up the ring. I could still be there. I just well, that's cool though. Yeah, so I just couldn't be on camera for a couple weeks. And so I was sat there and I was all fucking boo-boo face. I couldn't even work the music. I couldn't be out behind the curtain. So I'd sit Ain't I behind the curtain? No, I no, I couldn't go out in front of the curtain. I had oh, in front of the curtain. the curtain. I had to stay behind the curtain and just sit there and fucking... Right. <laughs> so the only reason I got off suspension early is because my friend Brandon, he... uh was going up for the heavyweight championship in the in the company. They were they they booked an angle where he was going to work a two out of three falls match with Scorpio Sky, who's at Ooh, in AEW. Right. And they were like, he was like, "Look, Red, I know you're pissed at Lalo. I know he fucked up, but I have this big match coming up. I will not wrestle this match without Lalo on the mic. Wow, dude. so much to that that I I need him on it." And he was like, dude, I told him a month. I told him a month, and I got to stick to it. And he's like, look, you trust me, right? He's like, yes, of course I trust you. He's like, Lalo will add money to the match. When you say that magic word, when you say money to a fucking promoter, right. then they hop all over it. Like, right. it doesn't matter if you, like, run around with your dick out. You're like, 
brother, it's gonna make money. It's gonna right. fucking draw. It's gonna pop the crowd. They're gonna say, okay, at least make it, at least give it a heart on then, so it looks good, you know, brother. Come right. on. So, so <laughs> Brandon went to Red and he was like, look, man, look, Lalo's got to be on it, and uh, he was like, bring him over here. So we went back there, and Red was. I'm short. I'm like five two for your 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 listeners who don't know. Right. And Red was a good, just solid, solid, like five ten, five eleven, maybe six foot tall. Big red headed motherfucker. At least he looked that tall to me. He wasn't right. really that tall right. in life, but when you're short and you're scared of someone, because that motherfucker was intimidating, he looked about seven feet tall. Dude, everybody, dude everybody's taller than us if they're bigger, yeah. dude. In real life, Red was probably about five seven, five eight. Like dead ass truth. Like he was about that tall. Oh but when goodness. you're sitting there and he's yelling at you, he's standing at six foot two, five hundred pounds, and he had a big long red ponytail with a big glowing fucking red beard. Right? He looked like a dwarf from World of Warcraft. Like <laughs> true. I like, swear to God. I'm gonna say like Seamus. I'm gonna say like Seamus. <laughs> yeah, well that too. That too. But um, so he's sitting there. And he's like, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you ever fuck up like that again on camera. If you don't tell me, I swear to God, I'll never let you back in here again. He's like, the only reason you're going to be out on that mic is because Brandon asked for you. I was like, I appreciate it. I promise it'll never happen again. He's like, it better fucking not. He's like, I swear to God, I'll beat the shit out of you. Like, I'll beat the shit out of you. And I was like, nope, no problem, brother, no problem. So he walked away, and I'm scared as fuck. And then the show, the show goes on, and I do I do the commentary, and it, it, it you know, to my own horn, it went great. The match was fucking perfect. It was brilliant. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. and You have that DVD? Fuck, dude, somewhere. I can find you a link to the YouTube for sure. I know that for sure. Um, so it went off great. It worked perfect. And um, Brandon was like, thank you so much. You know, I, I talked to Red about it. You know, he, 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 he said the same thing. He won't ever tell you that it worked out, but he, he knows it worked out and it's going to add to it. And it was one of our better selling DVDs, not just necessarily because of me, because I'll never take credit for what the boys do in the ring. Right, but right. But work with everything to it. I, I always heard this from my my mentor, Red, and from my trainer, Jesse. They were always like, you add the salt and pepper to the steak, you know? So you add just that little bit. You know, you're not the fucking main course. Don't ever think you are. But you make it taste better, you know? And that's what Red right. told me. So a couple months go by, and me and Red are back to normal. He's all good with me. We're all cool. And he pulls me aside. He's like, hey. Remember when we fucked up a few months ago? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I didn't. And he's like, I want you to know something. Only reason that I didn't give up on you then is because you are a good dude and you have talent. He's like, you see how many guys that I don't ever fucking talk to? And I was like, yeah, man, you don't talk to quite a few people. He's like, because I don't give a fuck about them. They're never going to do shit. Okay. He's like, you have potential, so I'll waste my time on you. Just don't fuck up again. And that was the kind of dude Red was, you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that happens, you know, in the business a lot. You know, you get those guys that help you out and, and everything like that. But I had that, I tell that big long story because I had that freedom that, you know, a lot of the guys that have, that are in AEW, they have, they have that freedom to do whatever they want. And when you have that freedom, it's like gold to you. So more times than not, you'll see guys like not sign these big WWE contracts because they don't want to be, you know, a cookie cutter wrestler where right. you know, John Cena does the same five fucking things every match. Roman Reigns does the same bullshit five fucking things every match. Right. But if you watch an AEW match, you see a different match every single time. You right. know, right. You, you, you don't see fucking Hulk Hogan, who's a 
fucking piece of shit and I hate him. <laughs> I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time Hulk Hogan did the whole this whole like you knew what was gonna happen. The fucking match was gonna be over. You could set your watch to it. The minute you're like You can win money on it. Yeah, exactly. Like I bet you the match is gonna be over in the next two minutes. You know what I mean? You you knew it and it's boring. So but you see a show like EW and you see these guys there you're not going to get the same match. Yeah, you get the finisher, you get the signature maneuver, but you don't know how you're going to get there. And that's why that kind of company is a lot more fun to work with. That freedom means a lot. And you're going to, I guarantee you, because you're going to get into it, that company is going to be the one you want to watch, especially because you see these guys that are just hungry. And they got a lot to prove, and they have a lot of freedom to do it. Um, no, man, uh, no, I, I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you telling me all that story because, man, that was freaking very, hella fucking interesting. I, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and I, I never heard it. Um, um, and I'm pretty sure all the podcast listeners, hopefully, they do like that story because I, I liked it and I heard it for the first time here right now on this episode, episode 21. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know what? Um, um, I'm sorry if, uh, my co-hosts, um, Warren and Andreas, uh, they never came back. Um, I'm pretty sure they, something came up. I hope they come on, on come on on next podcast. Um, yeah, man, for sure. but, um, but no, man, no, I love the story. That was, that was amazing. Um, you pretty much gave what you, you gave an insight of what goes on since you've been on behind the scenes. Um, which, you know what? I like when you said that a wrestler, so you know what I need to have, I got to have Lalo on here. Um, that right there, man, man, that's, 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 that's humbling, man. That's, it's humbling as hell. It really is. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I remember when I heard that, like I'm an arrogant son of a bitch. I'll be the first person to tell you that I'm a conceited fucking cunt. (laughs) Sound like me cousin. Yeah. (laughs) It's all favelas cousin. We're all like that. Um, but when I heard that and I was, I was blown away. Like, I love to hear people, I'm not going to bullshit. I love to hear people tell me I'm good at something. Like my fiance nods her head every time. And she's like, fuck yeah, you do motherfucker. You love that shit. But same, you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And for, for Brandon had been in the business for a good couple years already. And he'd been, you know, he'd been places and done things, you know, never really big yet, but you know, he'd, he'd been around and for him to be like, look, man, I really enjoy your work so much that I want you to be a part of this special moment for me. Cause it's not just for the fans. You know, when you, when you're a wrestler, when you're a worker, when you're one of the boys, you put together this, this body of work for yourself too, because you're trying to sell yourself. You're trying to make yourself look good. You know what I mean? Um, wrestlers are literally the biggest fucking divas you'll ever meet in your life because they're always trying to get themselves over. Right. You know what I mean? It, they're always about themselves. Yeah, they're about the business because you got to take care of the business for it to take care of you. Right. And you want right. to take care of your opponent because if they look like shit, you look like shit. Right. But you're always out to make yourself look better. Right. So yeah, Brandon was probably, and I love Brandon to this day. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in the business and helped me a lot. I know that he was trying to make himself look good in that, but to make himself look good, he needed me. And for that to happen, it was very humbling. And even it's funny because my fiance always tells me, she's like, why do you, you do this one fucking thing when everybody's, when everybody says they like your work or that you did a good job, you always kind of bow your head a little bit and say, thank you so much. You know what I mean? It's like, like I'm I'm fucking subservient to them. 
And it was something Red always told me. He's like, you know, the biggest compliment you can ever get in this business is for one of the boys to tell you that you did a good job. So when you get that from a boy, acknowledge it, you know, shake a hand, you know, nod your head, say thank you, really respect that. So for when, when I would get that, I would always do that. And, and it was one of those things that it was just beaten into my head that the business was always about respect. You always respected your opponent. You always respected the, even the fans, you know, even though, you know, you joke about it, you know, fucking Marks, look at the fucking idiots over there. Right. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't the ability to work and um i would always take the time and i always tell my fiance if ever i got famous i would always be super cool to fans and i always would i was there, there was always these little kids that would run around and you know hi how are you I'm like, hey buddy how are you are you, you enjoying the show you know oh man good job make sure you cheer really loud for this guy he's cool that guy's mean though you know don't listen to he's, he's right. <laughs> you know he's a bad one and um yeah there was it was it was always funny there was always um there was always a group of fans that would come and oh god what was her name miss 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 rose or mama rose or mama rose mama rose was this really nice sweet fucking older black lady man she is the fucking nicest she'd come to the shows every friday night and even on saturday during day shows when we'd be like out in purdue in the middle of the fucking heat in summer right her ass would be front row with all 20 of her fucking kids and then not 20 there's only 20 people but i mean you know <laughs> yeah <I> know. <laughs> all her kids and her grandkids and then she'd sit front row and she would love it man she would pop and she would scream and yeah you get that son bitch don't you hurt my baby well, i mean she was the best man and i would always walk out the curtain because they would give me and my partner um an intro right i mean walk up to the curtain and every time i saw her she would always smile, get up from where she sat, and gave me the biggest hug in the world, you know. And every time after shows or during intermissions or whatever, she'd be like, "Oh, baby, you, I could hear you. I listen to you. You know, I can hear you from the stage, and I listen." And you know, and she would. She'd sit there like this, like with her one ear towards the stage and watching the show. And you know, she's like, "Oh, you know, baby, you make it so good. You so, you so." I'm not trying to sound like racist, but that's literally no, no. how she talked. You know, baby, you sound so good. It was so fun. I'm, you know. That some bitch over there, he need to learn his lesson. He put his hands on you, man. I'm gonna stick my shoe off. I'm a whoop his ass. <laughs> and it was always so fun to see nice that. ladies, was, man. Yeah, it would always it was always fun to see that uh, the interaction with the fans and they they appreciated, you know, what you did. And we had this uh, uh, this other fan who was always coming in. He was uh, um, mentally uh, uh, handicapped, but man, if he wasn't sharp as attack when it came to the shows and you know, he, there was just always those people that, that made the show fun and made it better. And, and that gave you, you know, that, that compliment of like, you sounded good and you, you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, it was always fun. And, and, uh, and it always was humbling because you got to give those people two or three hours of an escape from reality. You know what I mean? Right. They could have went to the movies. They could have went and stayed home and watched the DVD or Blu-ray or streamed or whatever, it wasn't streaming at the time because, right, you know, right. old days. but, you know, they could have stayed home, but they chose to be there. They chose to make, you know, their, they make their memory of, excuse me, of their Friday night with you. Right. And right. It was always humbling. And you could see the difference between the guys that were humbled by it and the guys who thought they were better. Now, we used to work in San Bernardino and fucking Covina. <laughs> Those are two uh. places in the world when you think about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? 
And we used to joke about, you know, oh, dude, he's Covina famous. So yeah, he would pop a crowd in Covina with like the hundred people that would show up to our shows. But then that same guy couldn't do dick shit when he got to go to Mexico and work in front of like 10,000 people. You know what I mean? And so you always had to remember, it didn't matter whether you were working for the hundred people in Covina, the 10 people, because sometimes you'd work for 10 people, you know what I mean? And it sucked, but you had to go out there and work just as hard for those 10 people like we used to do shows at the stardust roller rink cousin wow i remember that stardust yeah we used to do really you used to go to stardust yeah my fiance just reminded me about it right now holy nikes so we used to work the shows at the stardust sometimes Mm -mm. the ring literally the ring would be on the roller rink and i remember our promoter he'd be like brother you gotta make sure you put the fucking pad down you put the pad down you don't fuck up the fucking floor i ain't paying for this fucking roller god damn it make sure you do it right god damn it lalo you tell the motherfuckers they better do the shit all right, Jess, all right, we got it, we got it. Come fucking, oh, don't tell me to come fuck that. God damn it, that's a $10,000 roller rink. I ain't got $10,000 fucking dollars. Let's take $10,000 out of your fucking ass. All right, Jess. All right, Jess. Wow, so much energy. Right, like, dude, uh, <laughs> Jesse, I'll say this for Jesse. He's a promoter, so he's always out for a promoter. Uh, you know, a promoter's interest, which you have to be. You can't be a nice guy and be a promoter. You just can't. You got to be right. a dick. But, man, Jesse was energetic, and he was funny. So we, were, we would do these shows at the roller rink. And Jesse would always have us put out flyers. We'd put out like 10,000 flyers all over Purdue. And you know Purdue, man. I would never go to 2nd Street. <laughs> I would never go to Waterman Avenue down there by Sierra. Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't go to those scary fucking places. But we, uh, we used to put flyers up all over the wall of all the telephone poles and put them out of businesses and go to, like, bakers and, you know, everywhere. We'd put these flyers everywhere. Oh, bakers. Uh, I miss bakers. <laughs> and we'd do the show. And sometimes you get what's pre-sale where you sell over the internet on, on the, the internet. And sometimes you just get the walk-up. Man, I remember this one show. Wait, wait, cousin, cousin, cousin. wait hold on. Give me, give me, I want you to give me one second on that, on that yeah, show. Yeah. Give me one yeah. second. I'll be right back. I'll be right yeah, back on podcast sure. listeners. Be right back. cousin go ahead go with the show yeah so we um we uh so we're doing the 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 getting ready for the show and we're like you know god damn how many flyers we put out Ten thousand flyers put out ten thousand flyers because you know we're so excited about the show and it was a paid show which meant that the uh the uh, the place was able to pay us in advance for what they thought we'd bring in brought in 10 people 10 people for the stars now cousin you remember the stars was big and we put the ring in the corner of the, the roller rink by where the snack bar was. Wow. And um, so right next to, to the, the wall would be the ring. So people could sit in the snack bar and put seats out. Excuse me. Ten, ten people showed up. 
10 people and only? 10 people only for the first show. Wow. And I was like, fuck, man. There were more people <laughs> working the show, like camera sound, fucking, you know, ring crew, wrestlers, referees, more people there for that than they were for the actual show. And so we're just like, fuck me. We're like, oh man, this sucks. And we're just like, what do we do? And then our, our booker read, the guy I told you was like a mentor to me. He was like, fuck it. Go out there and wrestle for a hundred people, wrestle for a thousand people. Those 10 people deserve the same show that other people will will get because those 10 people are going to go back to their friends and say, you fucking missed out. You missed out on a hell of a show. You weren't there. So we went out there and mind you, 10 of two of those people were my fucking kids. Wow. <laughs> so after 10, two of them were my kids, right? And so I'm just like, look, girls, go out there with, with Kelly, and I want you to, to act like act excited, you know, really sell it. And, you know, other people's friends, they were like getting on the phone with their friends and like, dude, just come down here. You'll get in for free. Just come here and make it look big, right? So everybody's on their phone with their friends and everybody's on their phone with their family. So we get a couple more people to show up, but still, it's not a lot. Right. Um, Show must know, go on, right? Yeah. So we, we did and we, we blared the music and we got excited and we put it up, you know, put out the best show possible. And, you know, those 10 people had a blast, man. They had a good time. But, you know, that that's the way it was. Sometimes you work in front of, you know, crowded arenas. Like I've been able to work in front of, you know, 10,000 people before. And then I've worked in front of fucking 10. I've worked shows where we're in, in a parking lot behind a building. And then I've wow. worked in shows where I've actually been in full blown proper arenas you know what I mean? Full of people. And, you know, that's the way it is, but you know, those people deserve a show and yeah, the next show was a little bit bigger and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Indie wrestling is its own separate beast. You know what I mean? And it's part of paying your dues. You know, it's just like anybody working a job. You're not the boss overnight. You don't get to do your job and be the boss. You got to start at the bottom where right, you get right. you work part-time, you work, you know, the shitty shifts that no one wants and blah, 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 blah. Until you get to be be the boss, you start making the better money. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, man, that's how it was. <laughs> man, dude, man, that's that's amazing. That's 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 an amazing job, man. Uh, yeah, dude, having ten people, yeah, just the show must go on, and man, just have a good show, and you know, just imagine that you know there's you know just imagine if there's a thousand people. Yeah, he's right. Um, and so um, yeah. Um, dude, that's man, that's an awesome story. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, well, here's my daughter, Ariel. Take it up. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, so yeah, dude, it's 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 uh, man, dude, I'm. It's amazing how what you did, man, was uh, just uh, it's a to, to like to me, it'll be like just a just a dream come true. Um, just to learn and even even get some bumps or some hits, um, uh, but you can only get it here at the gaming and wrestling experience, ladies and gentlemen. Because mm-hmm. um, Lalo Lalo has been it through it all. Yeah. Um, man, uh, no, dude, it's it's awesome. Um, but um, yeah, dude, I uh, I'm man, you got some awesome stories, man, to tell. Um, so now. Oh, I lost your voice, cousin. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There you go. There, there you go. go. I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I no, I pressed the button um, <laughs> uh, on accident. Uh, now, I heard this on YouTube with Triple A saying, uh, you know, 
oh, now they're opened. Now, I know Triple H runs NXT. Mm-hmm. Vince still runs the SmackDown and Raw, big, the big, you know, you know, the big head honcho shows. Now, me and you as wrestling fans and knows what's going on, you more than me anyway, I should say. Um, now, um, how should I say this? Um, in a professional or just uh, as a fan? Um, you know, I love WWE. I, I've been watching since WWF. Um, well, as me and you are big fans of the wrestling company um, mm-hmm. and wrestling period, um, do you think, well, do you think in your perspective and my perspective, I think since he's doing, he's saying that, oh, well, I'm doing this now of bringing wrestling or different or different wrestling um, companies now all of a sudden since um, this is happening, do you think he's doing it because of what's going on with AEW and what they're doing? Um, I don't know that he's necessarily responding to that, but I think that given the pandemic, like they're not making money. You know what I mean? They're, they're making money with their streaming, but you're not making, you know, what you would at a, at a show. You, you know, at an arena, you bring 10,000 people in, charge them 40, 50 bucks a pop. I mean, you're making half a million dollars a night. You know what I mean? Right. So you're missing that. So you've got to try to keep everybody entertained. Um, Right now, everybody's watched everything. Like, my fiance and I are watching fucking shows from 2007. You know what I mean? <laughs> trying to find something. To well, do. just me anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we're, like, we're trying to watch. Uh, my wife uh, loves the World Rumbles. Yeah. <laughs> you know Only. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're trying to just do, you know, anything to keep entertained. And I think that this opened up this opportunity to do that because um, people want something different they want to be entertained they want to experience more and i think also it serves to maybe give people that shock factor of like oh well if they're doing this what happens um when they come back are they still going to do it are they still going to have um the uh, the crossovers are we going to be able to see you know what what are we going to be able to see and i think that when you think about wrestling, you, you always are like, Oh, what's going to happen next? What's you need that? You know? Um, so maybe this is just the next step too. You know, um, it, when wrestling first began like a long, long time, when it first, first started, it was all regional. You know, you had the, right. the one guy traveling and he'd always go to all these other areas and they had the territory system and everything. The Vince took over, combined all the territories. Well, nowadays, companies are the new territory you know it's no longer well i wrestled in in the west coast so i'm a west coast guy and the, right. well i wrestled you know up north for big vince you know no now you have all these different places to work together and honestly if you don't work together to a certain point you're gonna fail you know what i mean like yeah you still want to stay different you still want to maintain your own brand and, and do your own thing but ultimately you have to worry about what's best for all the business for there to be a business at all, period. What's you know best what I mean? for business? Yeah, exactly. And and if if right now what's best for business is to work together, then fuck it, man, do it. You know, if, that, if that's going to keep your paycheck going, then maybe you make a deal with the devil and work together. And then when it's all said and done, then you can say fuck you. I'm going to kick your ass later. You know what I mean? 
Right. Um, you know, that, that being said of what you just said, you know, cousin, us, me and you being wrestling fans, um, it's, it's crazy what we're going through right now with this pandemic with no fans in the, in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with WWE anyway, but AEW has fans. Yeah. Um, that it's just crazy. The circumstance that we're in right now, it takes that to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know Triple H is amazing in NXT. That's his baby. Mm-hmm. I respect the howl of NXT because, man, they have some good fucking matches better than Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love Roman Reigns as a heel right now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Took him a long time to do that. Or I should say maybe – maybe I wouldn't say it's the creators. Well, I should say I, maybe it is the creators mm-hmm. uh, of the right um, – of them writing it. it. Took him a long time for him to be a heel. But – that's the best thing right now for Roman Reigns because he's the best heel right now. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to watch SmackDown because he's of what I want him to be a long time ago. And now he is, um, which that's what I'm waiting for to SmackDown because yeah, Drew McIntyre is an awesome champion on raw, but Roman Reigns is my favorite wrestler right now. I'm glad he's a heel mm-hmm. because he is great, and of course, he has Paul Heyman on his side to talk just in case. Um, of course, we all know as a fan that Paul, he- Paul Heyman is an awesome damn talker. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, since he talked with Bar- you know, since he's you know, since he was with Brock Lesnar, he did a lot of talking. Well, I should say all the talking for him. Yeah. Um, and so now with Roman Reigns, yeah, he does talk a little bit, but Roman Reigns, I want to see Roman Reigns. Because I want to see what he does next because he's a heel. Mm-hmm. Now, Triple H when NXT, I know it's a little gap a little bit what I'm jumping into. Um, but I know that Triple H, I love NXT because that's Triple H's baby. That mm-hmm. is what Vince McMahon is to Raw and SmackDown. That's his baby. Triple H is, is NXT. And I know Triple H is amazing and he has such a mind of talent in that NXT ring. You know, I wish that um, Vince would with Vince would retire because I think he's done what he needed to do. But then again, I mean, you know, I to to, to be honest, I, I I think me and you pretty much understand Vince is going to do this until he can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to ride this damn shit until the wheels fall off. Yeah. Um, which I think um, I'm pretty sure you think the same way, right? He's going to do this stuff until until he can't do it anymore, right? Yeah, more than likely. Pretty much. So, yeah, pretty much me and you have the same idea. So, um, so to me, I love how Triple H is thinking out of the box, but I know that – I know he's not thinking because, okay, well, you know what, they're doing it because maybe I need to do it now because of promotions, and this is going to be interesting now because of what's going on now. We need we need ratings. Um, we need more people watching. Um, um you know, I think he's amazing in NXT, and I think that he's seeing what he see he he seeing he he is seeing an eye opener now for what TNA is doing. Um, or excuse excuse me excuse me um, of AEW excuse me um, yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> excuse me my bad about that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the drinks right now. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I'm glad that he's thinking out of the box. 
now um whatever the point the point being is him seeing it or reading it of in multimedia or he's thinking of doing it because is is his because of his idea but it's just crazy that it's happened because of the pandemic and this has it's crazy how stuff has to happen to line up for it to happen Mm -hmm. um or crazy circumstance which we are in right now in this crazy pandemic um that you know i think it's awesome for everybody for us being wrestling fans right now it's awesome anything can happen now Mm -hmm. we've seen sting sign aew he showed up at aew um seeing i'm reading everything about just you know impact and aew you know if i'm not mistaken don't call me on this ladies and gentlemen my podcast listeners um, but I, I, I read them all to me that, um, Kenny Omega is going to show up and impact, yep. you know, so, is, which yeah. is, so, which is amazing. Um, so, you know, that's where it is that that's, that's where it's at. Um, I think it's, it's just awesome for us wrestling fans, um, right now that to get involved, um, for have us entertained in so many ways that now everything it's good it's, it's it'll be awesome um of reference it's just a a, a a crazy topic of reference if playstation and xbox just comes together mm-hmm. and just we all be happy for gamers for yeah. us um which I, the cross platform for like call of duty yeah call you of know, duty you, and you fortnite yeah exactly. um, you can play with anybody whether whatever their console or a pc or anything like that so I think that uh, that's a good analogy. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, I wish, I know it's not the time, it's not going to happen. We're going to see PlayStation and Xbox together um, because, you know, everything's about money. Um, but that would be awesome for all of our players and for us wrestling fans for what we want to see. We want to see something new we want to see something that blow is, is going to blow our minds mm-hmm. oh, excuse me and um man I, I you know i think that's where it, it should be um they should um everybody should just collide and just for a certain amount of time or whatever whatever the point being um uh, man it should it, it it that that's how it should be you know i wish playstation and xbox will come together and Cross platform or PlayStation, Xbox make a together system, um, or you know whatever. Um, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, get, um, you know they can split down the line fifty fifty with games. Um, mm. You know, but I know uh, you know certain egos or whatever. Point being, um, but I, but I know uh, Phil Spencer and Xbox. You know, uh, um, I know he would want. You know, he he, he doesn't want no company to fail. He wants everybody to come together in time, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, 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 you know, I'm hearing and I'm, that's what I think he's saying. You know, he doesn't wish nobody to fail, nobody to fail. He doesn't wish Sony to fail. He wants everybody to, to, um, to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he wants everybody to, um, to be in their top game. Yeah, like successful. Not, there you go. There you go. Successful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, and that's how it should be. Um, you know, um, it's just I think it's going to be crazy 
and, 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 you know, in the time, it's going to be crazy. Um, I just going to be, it's, it's, it's an awesome time right now for, to be a wrestling fan right now. See what, you, you know, you know, see what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much how I feel. Um, are you pretty much, uh, in the time right now, cousin? Are you pretty yeah, much? Yeah. Yeah. about out of here. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you, do you have anything to say for what I just said right now? Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's always, it's always good when the companies can work together just because you want as many people to see wrestling as you can. And then at the same time though, you want to be your own thing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that catch 22 of like, I want to work with you, but I want to stay independent. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that there's, there's always a happy medium, I think, to work together for a lot of things. You know, it just doesn't have to be in, uh, in wrestling or gaming or whatever, or anything. You know, you can work together. You know, right. it's, it's going to be good for you. But I think that wrestling is such an ego-driven business. You know, everybody thinks their shit don't stink. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's always going to be the problem. Um, you get a guy like Vince who comes from that super old school where he's like, well, I'm the fucking, I'm Vince McMahon. I know better than anybody else in the world how to fucking run wrestling. You know what I mean? And then you get a guy like, like Hunter who's like, you know, yeah, Vince, that's true, but we need to do this. You know what I mean? Like, you get those wrestling, if you look at the guys Vince signed when he was in charge compared to the guys that, uh, like, even Jim Ross signed when he was, you know, head of talent relations to now the guys that Hunter's signing, you know, you'll see a huge shift of, you know, it's all, you know, it's completely a different type of wrestler, right. a different type of worker that's signed nowadays. And I think that just goes all along with that evolution of what wrestling is to become and where it's going, you know? Right. Uh, one right. of the biggest things that my, my friend Red used to tell me, he's like, wrestling has to compete with UFC. UFC is real. That is a real, two real dudes and two real girls getting in there and whooping each other's ass. Wrestling is not fake, but it is scripted. So you have to now make it believable. You know what I mean? Can you believe that Rey Mysterio could beat, you know, Bray uh, uh, Bray Wyatt? Not really. Could I believe that the Taker could? Yeah. In real life, I think if you were to, you know, look at two guys matched up at that like height and weight and all that, it would be an even fight. You know, right. and you have to you have to do that like one of the things that he we'd always do is we wouldn't book a guy who was like 120 pounds to work against a guy 280 and then have the 125 guy win it wouldn't happen in real life more times than not you know what i mean and if it did you have to write them you have to script the match and book it a certain way right. to where it works you know what i mean like i could we can watch a match one day now that you know how to share it and we can actually break it down and show you like here, if you look here, you'll see where he's working this in order to get this ready for later on in the match. Or, you know, here's how, why he's kicking him in the leg so much. Because, you know, you don't really realize it when you're watching it, you know, that there's so much going into a match. But when you're in the back and you're like, look, work my leg. If you work my leg, then we can sell it this way. And then we can work this up. And then we'll get the crowd popping for this and this out of the other. You know, there's so much that goes into it that it really... Oh really uh dictates how that is going to end up i'll going. do it when i'm done with this but yeah so like you now right now i'm recording <laughs> but yeah you can see like there 
the ego of, of wrestling will get in, in the way. Sorry about wrestling. that. <laughs> no, it's all good. The ego of wrestling will ultimately get in the way of how much cooperation there is, unfortunately. So right. would it be great? Yeah, hell yeah. I'd love to see some dream matches like that shit happen. But again, when you have ego, it's not going to happen that way. I know. So. I mean, I mean, you know what? I know, you know, I love how Triple H knows what to, what knows what to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I mean, you know, uh, the head honcho right now, uh, um, who knows, who knows? Um, they might, they, you know, who knows? They might surprise us. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens within a couple months. Who knows? Um, because I, I know it's pretty much, pretty much wrap up time. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you cousin so much, uh, for coming oh. on episode 21. Um, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that we didn't have Andreas and Warren, they never text me back. Um, Warren, um, excuse me, um, Andreas shut off. He didn't text me or anything. Um, what happened? I told him to, to come back. I don't know what happened. Maybe he came up with something. Um, but I hope next time he'll come with all of us uh, on the show again on episode, on the next episode. Um, but Cousin Lyle, thank you so much, Cousin, for coming on the show. Once again, this was an awesome podcast. Um, um, I would love to have everybody else's uh, opinions, but uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned as what we all do. Yeah. Um, but I hope next time they do come on the show. But thank you, cousin, so much for coming on the show for yeah, man. Uh, for on your for. I want to thank you for coming for an hour or two. Yeah, man. Um, like anytime that I can, I will. If I can't make it, you know, sometimes shit happens. But if I can make it, I always try to come and you know tell a good story or two or, and and. Definitely always try to say fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, my, like, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, like my command said, yeah, he's a punk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it, uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's a, it's, it's a sorry, uh, um, um, oppression of Macho Man. I'm not trying to, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, cousin, thank you so much. Cousin, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was my cousin Lalo. Um, he's done it all. Um, for what he can, and I appreciate him coming on the show so much. Um, and uh, um, I hope you come on the show next time. And hopefully, you know what? We, we shall make another episode when you're actually um, uh, when you go on Christmas vacation. Yeah, uh, then I'll be able to have some more time to shoot shit, tell a couple stories, or whatever, man. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but don't get off real fast before we get off the show. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank you so much, cousin, for coming on the show. This was episode number twenty-one. I'm so hyped up. Thank you, cousin, a lot for coming on the show, and we'll catch you again on the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we'll see you again. Thanks, cousin, a lot for coming on the show. Sure, brother. Catch you later. Later. And there you have it, episode number 21, ladies and gentlemen, my podcast listeners. Thank you so much for the love. Give me an emoji for the clap. Thank you so much. Just show me some love so I can know that you guys like the show. I just want to thank my cousin Lalo, my friend Andreas for coming on the show. I know Andreas broke out a little bit during the podcast, but I know next time he will will join us. Thank you so much. for you both to come on the show and I want to thank my boy Sergio at fedgaming.com that's at f-e-d-g-a-m-i-n-g on twitter at fedgaming.com if you like wearing the games if you love wearing the games that you love fedgaming 
look at fadegaming.com right now. Go check him out. He has comfortable, 100% cotton shirts, very comfortable. It feels like you're not wearing nothing. You can knock out and feel like you're not wearing nothing. That's how comfortable they are. So check him out right now at fadegaming.com or at fadegaming on Twitter. Thank you so much for episode number 21. We'll see you next time on episode 20 on episode 22. See you guys there and thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.